0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome uh, to our service. Welcome to our online service today. It is indeed a privilege and an honor for me to be able to deliver and to share the Word of God with all of you. You know, can you believe it that we are already in the month of July? Uh, We are already in the second half of 2021 And I hope that the year has been good uh, to you so far I hope that you have a great year so far Um, You know, let's not look back Uh, with regret thinking of the things that we could have done Should have done or would have done But let's continue to look forward with expectation, with anticipation, because certainly the best days, our best days are ahead of us and not behind us, and God has certainly more in store for you and I. Today, I just want to continue on from the, the theme, um, that's the, on, on the theme that in wine that we've been talking or we've been going through around the, the subject of discipleship. You know, um, I believe that personal revival begins when each and every one of us aligns ourselves, come back to the heart of God, and that is to be his disciple, to be his true disciple, the disciple that God has intended for us, you and I, to be. Today, I just want to take, uh, take this time to read for us, to go through with us. From the book of Ephesians, all right? Let's take up our Bibles today. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Now, this will be my main text. Uh, but, you know, as we read any epistles in the Bible, uh, we, we need to always remember that um, when, when the author writes the epistles, um, is always intent, the, the, the the main, the way that he writes it is always that there is a thought process um, connecting from from one chapter to the other and so as we read this in in, in just uh, chapter 5 alone we also need to bear in mind um, what the author is trying to to say in continuing on from chapter 4 so we'll be going from chapter 4 to chapter 5 because um, there is a continuity there and we want to also make sure that we read it within the context that that the author Paul here intends to, to write it All right, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Let's read together. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself uh, for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. You know, growing up, I remember uh, that my, my, my brother, my younger brother, I have a younger brother, and my younger brother, you know, always likes to imitate me in whatever I do. Um, if, I, if I have a certain preference of a certain color, red or, or blue, he will also choose to have the same preference as me, as I, to have also red or blue. You know, if I decided on that day to eat a particular meal, McDonald's or, 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 or KFC, he will, also, uh, still, he will also follow suit and choose to eat KFC or Or McDonald's like me and that used to irritate me so much that used to annoy me so much to the point that I remember you know going to my going up to my parents and complaining to them and telling them can you stop him from 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 imitating me from copying me so annoying why can't I why can't I uh, live my own life or why can't I have my own life And I remember my parents uh, sitting me down to uh, trying to explain to me and tell me that and then they they said this, they said, of course he wants to imitate you. Of course he wants to copy you because you are his role model. At that point, I didn't understand that that was a good thing or that was something I should be happy about or proud about. But as I grew older now, looking back, I realized that the reason why he imitated me, the reason why he followed me, because he saw me as his role model. Whether good or not, I don't know. I hope I uh, I, 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 I am and I I, I was. But nonetheless, the reason why he imitated me, the reason why he followed me, the reason why he wanted to be like me, was because he saw me as a role model. He saw me as somebody that he can look up to. You know, as disciples of Jesus Christ, you and I uh, have a role model and, the, and the, his name is Jesus. Jesus is our role model. He is the person that you and I must look up to and you and I should imitate. In the book of Ephesians, as we just read, Paul was explaining, emphasizing to the Christians that, you, we, that they are to be imitators of Christ, not the world, not uh, uh, imitators of men but imitators of Christ, you see, but in order for us to imitate, uh, in order for us to imitate Christ, uh, the word imitate uh, can also mean to mimic, to follow, to replicate, to duplicate, to to, to, to basically follow the patterns uh, of, of, of somebody you admire or somebody that you look up to, you see, but. Again, in order for us to imitate Christ, Paul says that there are some things in our lives that we need to put out so that we can put put in, so that we can receive the new life, the thing that God wants to give to us. Because we read here, Paul begins the chapter by saying, therefore. Now, therefore is a transitional word. That means that he is connecting between his first thought in chapter four bringing into chapter 5 and so in order for us to understand what is he connecting we all need to flip back in the the previous page to look at chapter 4 and what Paul was actually trying to 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 connect to because because of time we are not going to i'm not going to read for us chapter 4 you can read it on your own but just to share with you in chapter 4 Paul goes on extensively and explaining to the Christians in, 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 in the church that now that they are a new creation in Christ, now that they are a new God because Christ has saved them, redeemed them, and called them his own, now that they are saved, they are to, there are some things that they need to put off, that they need to eliminate, that they need to put away, so that they can put on, so that they can, they can clothe themselves in the new life, in the new garment that God wants to give to them. You know, Paul always makes it a point, uh, more often than not, to always remind the people or tell the people what they are ought to, what they, what, what Christ has done for them before telling them what they need to do for Christ. Why is that? Because if, if Paul tells us what we need to do first, before telling us what God has done for them, then our tendency, the tendency of men of of human, is that we will respond out of obligation, that we will respond out of duty. But when we know and remember and look at what Christ has done for us first, and then out of that, our response, out of the gratitude heart, out of the grateful heart, out of the love that we have for, for, for what he has done for us, our response will come out through love. And so God's desire is that each and every one of us genuinely desire in our hearts to be his disciple. Not out of obligation, not out of duty, not even out of instruction, but out of love, out of a genuine and a grateful heart. Today, the title of my message, I, I want to call it Genuine Imitators genuine imitators you see the first thing that we need to do that we we, we can do in order for us to be genuine imitators of God is that we need to first eliminate the old self going back into Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 Paul says that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust that you put off and he says in order for you to, to 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 imitate christ to imitate god you first need to eliminate to put away your old self it gives us the picture or the image of when you know when you come back home from a long day from at work from work and the only thing that you want to do is to remove the old clothes that was dirty probably that you've been you've been using it for the whole day so that you can take a shower and you can put on new fresh new clean clothes that is the image that i want to, to to paint for us that as we are called to to be like christ as we are called to be his disciples the first thing that we you and i need to do according to 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 the text that we've read is that we need to put away we need to take out we need to put away our old self and paul actually gives us uh, some examples of what is the corrupt, what are our, uh, the, 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 the old men which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. He says here, the first thing that we need to put away, that we need to eliminate, is lying. In verse 25 uh, um, onwards he says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each and every one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. You know, I realize that in the church, we don't really talk about that act of, of lying very much. Um, you know, when we, when we are being dishonest with one another, when we are, when we withhold truth from one another, when we conceal or hide or, or intentionally tell a white lie thinking that you know it is so small, nobody is going to know, it's just between me you know, and, and my friend or just be, I just keep it to myself. All these are different ways that we can lie. And the Bible says that when we lie, we are not imitating God, we are imitating Satan. Because the Bible says that Satan is also known as the father of lies. And so when we begin to lie, begin to tell half-truth, and not being honest with one another, we are imitating Satan. You know, if we read, continue on, it says here, notice in the context in which Paul is, is, is telling us that he's framing the, 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 the way we lie uh, in, 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 uh, in our lives, right? And the, 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 frame, the frame that he's putting here, the context that he's putting here, is that he's talking about lying in the context of the body of Christ. Because he says here, for we are members of one another. He's trying to say that we are, as a body of Christ, we are members of one body, and so he he he's talking to them that we need to put away lying. We need to eliminate the act of lying in the church. But I begin to ask myself, man, how then do we how then do we lie to one another in the church? One way that I can think of that we we perhaps we, we uh, can lie in the church is that when we come and we show up when we show up to church or when we come to, into our community with a mask. I'm not talking about the physical mask because that is something that we all need to wear uh, when we go out nowadays. But I'm talking about the masks that we put around our hearts, when we put around our personality, when we put around our identity. You know, when, when, when people come up, comes up to us and ask us, hey, how are you doing? Is everything okay at home? How's your job? Are you contented? Are you happy? You know... Our response tends to be, yeah, everything is fine. You know, we respond with, you know, yeah, everything is great, I love my job, everything at home is so good. When deep down inside you know that things are not going so well. But we mask us our, our 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 problems up. We mask ourselves up thinking that probably we think that if they know how 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 my family really really is, they will, they will not like me, they will reject me, they will not accept me. And so we go around in the church, we live in in in, 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 our, in our in the body of Christ within a community, you know, putting on a false identity, a false personality, a false uh, uh, image of ourselves. We buy clothes and we spend money on clothes on things that you know thinking that if I become like them, they would accept me, they would want me around. And so, we need to come and to, 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 to realize that that is something that we need to put away. We need to be honest with one another. We need to be, to be truthful with one another. Now, indeed, I believe that it does take two hands to clap. On one hand, we are encouraging each and every one of us when we come to church, when we, when we, when we, when we become disciples of Christ, we need to be courageous enough to open up to be truthful, to share when people uh, ask us how we are. right? Yes, that's the culture that we want to, to cultivate in, 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 in YM as well. But on the other hand, are we ready, to, are we prepared to receive the people when they come to us with these kind of problems? Are we ready to be there for them? Are we ready to, to, to take care of them, to love them whenever they, they attend? Because sometimes, you know, without without really knowing unconsciously, maybe you have done it before. We we just ask somebody, you know, our friend, hey, how are you doing? But maybe we don't really mean it. And so when our friends begin to share and open up in our hearts, we're thinking, uh, I was just trying to be polite. I didn't really mean to ask you how you really are. And that, probably would, and that would definitely cause hurt. And so on one hand, as we cultivate the, the, the culture of being courageous, to not conceal, to not hide, to not suffer alone, to open up and to be truthful when somebody asks us, we also need to make sure that we are ready to receive the people. Because when we speak truth to somebody, it releases the freedom of God. It releases the freedom of God into their lives. Because it's the truth of God that sets you free, that sets you and I free. And so we need to speak truthfully. We need to speak truthfully, not just speak truthfully, but also be open to receive truth to receive truth into our lives. Secondly, Paul goes on, the second thing that we need to put away, Paul says in verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. You see, there is a difference between wrath and anger. Anger is usually an internal emotions that we experience inside. But when we express it out, that when, when we let it out, it can turn into wrath. You see, it's okay. I'm not saying that it's good, but it's okay to be angry when we see injustice happening in this world. When we see the corrupt goes goes unpunished in this world. When we see uh, uh, um, the how 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 people you know how things are in this world today with, with the virus and everything you know taking people's lives. When we see all these things, it does uh, make us angry. It makes us sad. It makes us upset. Alright, but Paul says here, he says do not let that anger that you experience become rough. All right. that means when somebody, when, when we experience that anger, when somebody cuts your line, uh, cuts your queue when you were queuing up in the supermarket for so long during this whole, whole lockdown, or when you find out that somebody have been talking behind your back on social media and saying not so nice things about you, at that moment in time, we have a choice, we have a decision to either let that anger manage us or we manage that anger. Because what happens is that sometimes we think that if I keep my, my, that, that hurt or that pain, or that anger long enough in my heart, if I suppress it, if I just conceal it and, 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 and just keep it to myself, we think sometimes long, long enough, it will eventually disappear. It will eventually go away but usually that's not really the case because what may start as a small misunderstanding, what may start as a small miscommunication or something that's really small, what happens if we don't, when we don't deal with it, here Paul says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. It also means that if we don't manage it or don't deal with it, we are giving opportunity. We are giving a place. We are inviting the devil to come in. It is almost like when you know when you when you when you want to before I don't know most of us we close our, our room door when we go to sleep at night, right? It is almost as you know leaving it like like a little bit of, of gap and not but not really fully closing it. People can still come in. People from the outside can still come in without even 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 uh uh, uh opening the the, the, you, you know, opening the door not, and so that is the image that when we don't deal and manage our pain, our hurt, our anger, we are leaving room, we are actually leaving the door open and when the devil comes in, when the devil comes and visits, what happens? most of the time he doesn't just come in alone, he brings his friends along with him called frustration, called confusion Called manipulation and called exaggeration. And he invites all these friends together to have a party with, with you in your in your in your mind or in your heart. And they will begin to say things like, I thought they are a community that loves people. How come they hurt you that way? I thought they say, your parents say, your friends say, you know, that, that they will always be there for you. But in your darkest moment right now, where are they? I thought they said that they will never leave you, that they will always uh, support you. But how come they didn't support your plan? How come they didn't support your idea? You see, and, 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 and when we begin to allow the, 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 these, these thoughts, these negative thoughts, these ungodly thoughts to, to cloud our mind, what happens that we, it, we, we become, that our anger will lead to bitterness. And bitterness can lead to slander. And the Bible says that the devil is also known as a slanderer. He's the accuser. He accuses things. And so when we don't learn to manage our anger well, we are actually allowing the devil, Satan, to turn us to become like him. And I hope that we all realise, we all see that in in, in YM. We are actually doing our best to establish proper community, proper accountability with one another. And I'm very thankful and grateful that I have pastors, friends, to process uh, uh, my emotions with me, to process my thoughts with me, to process what I'm feeling. Because sometimes I, I, I do admit that my mind too gets clouded and that I can't see clearly, I don't know, you know, whenever I feel hurt or I feel offended by by certain things that is happening. And so I'm thankful that I'm surrounded by a community, by my pastors that can able to process and walk with me and journey with me and show me where is God in all of this confusion. And so I hope that you realize as well that we want to be here for you. We are not perfect. We are far from it, in fact. But I hope that you see our heart and our, 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 and our commitment to do the best. Because we know that God's call for all of us is to love people, to be there for you. It may not be up to our expectation, but certainly we want to do our best. And so do reach out whenever you feel that you need some clarity. Do reach out for help. We are here for you. Thirdly, Paul goes on to say in verse 28: Let him who stole, past tense, steal, present tense or future tense, no longer, but rather let him labor, that means work, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Stealing means to take something that does not belong to you. It could be a form of credit when we begin to take credit from our somebody, you know, that have been doing all the work, but then we show up at the last minute and claiming that oh it was me, I, I did it, I contributed, I did all of it. Stealing can also mean borrowing something with the with no intention of, of returning. Stealing can also mean not giving in our tithes and offering. You know, um, in Malachi chapter 3 verse 1, it says that when we don't give what happens, when we don't give to God in our tithes and offerings, we are actually robbing God. We are actually taking what belongs to God. And that is a form of stealing as well. In fact, I would say that is the worst uh, kind of stealing. Stealing from men is bad enough? Stealing from God, who can defend you? Who can plead your case? And so, we, it, it, we 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 need to 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 know um, you know and I, I i and i know that we all know that that you know every week when we come together and we meet up be it online or physical service we have pla- we have an opportunity to give unto god uh, uh, what what belongs to him which is our 10 percent of our tithes and offering and i hope that each and every one of you have been faithfully tithing i hope that each and every one of you have been faithfully giving unto god because giving essentially is it comes down it boils down to trust do we trust first that everything that we have today on this world everything all my possessions everything I have comes from God and you and I are nearly just stewarding whatever God has entrusted to us and so the 100% that God has given to us all he's asking from that 100 is that we give back 10% 90% we keep we give back. And so do we trust that if God can entrust you, you and I with 100%, and asking just for one tenth of it back, 90% of it we keep, do we trust then? What more can he do as we continue faithfully putting our trust in him? What more can he do for you and I? The Bible says if he can take care, takes care of the sparrows and the lilies in the field, what more can he do for you? And you and I need to remember that he is more than enough for you, that he is more than enough for, he is all that you ever need and all that we need to do is to trust in him, is to faithfully trust in him. And as we continue to give Faithfully, I hope that you and I will experience the abundant blessing of God. I'm not talking about prosperity uh, um, gospel here, but I'm talking about the principle of sowing and reaping. That as we sow into his kingdom, that as we give to him, not just uh, uh, with a cheerful heart, but faithfully and diligently, we believe that God is no man's debtor, that he will certainly repay you back. It may not be necessary in the form that we expect but he will surely give you back. You see, I believe that you and I are most like God when we give. God is a generous God. He is a God who has freely given his son to us to die on the cross, the best gift that you and I can ever receive. And so you and I are most like God when we give. And so I believe that Christians believers, we should be the most generous people in this world. Do we see it enough? I'm not sure, I don't know. And I'm not here to, 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 to say or to judge, but I certainly do my best to strive and to pursue generosity every day. It may not be at the, at the level that I intend. Uh, it may not be at the, at the level that I, I want to, and it may not be even financial generosity although that can be a big part of it it can also mean giving of our and being generous can also mean of our time of our our ideas of our effort of our work all of these are different ways that we can give not just financially but emotionally physically are we, giving, are we giving people? Because I want to be like God. I want to be like Him. And I know that I am like Him when I give. I am most like Him when I give. So in order for us to put a new, on a new life, we must first put away this, the old self, the old sin, the old wrongdoings. All right? Now the great thing about God, is that he doesn't just ask us to put away the old self, put away these things, ask us to take off uh, 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 the old self and leaves us empty or, and leaves us naked. Because God, he, he, he says here that he is ready to clothe us with new life. He is ready to clothe us with a new garment. And so as we eliminate this, the old self, the old sins, the old wrongdoings, we then need to embrace grace. Embrace. Uh, this new life that he wants to give and in, in verse 1 chapter 5 verse 1 Paul says here therefore be imitators of God as dear children now let's pause for a while and just begin to, 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 to reflect a moment on this sentence right how can how can a, a sinful being like me how can an imperfect being like me imitate a sinless and perfect God like him. After all, we are imperfect and God is perfect and we are so far from it. The Bible even says that for all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. That means we have missed the mark of his perfection, of his expectation for us, of his standard for us. And so as I began to think about this, how can a sinful being imitate a sinless God? How can an imperfect being who's full of sin Imitate a perfect God. I believe the answer is found in the in the in the following words that Paul says here in verse one. As dear children, you see, the truth of the matter is that we can genuinely imitate a perfect God, a stainless God, because we are His child. You see, when we accept, when when we receive Jesus into our lives, what ha- what happens is that we are simply in accepting his invitation. His invitation. And last, the two weeks ago when we, we just uh, listened to our online sermon, where Sikhting actually shared about following Christ, following me. That itself, when Jesus asked his disciples to follow me in, 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 in the gospel, that itself essentially is the invitation. The invitation where he's asking you and I, come and follow me. Follow me and do like, and, and do what I do. Right? and so we can imitate God we can imitate Him when we receive that invitation when we accept the invitation to follow Him and as we accept the invitation to follow Him what happens is that we essentially our status our identity immediately changes from an orphan to a son from an orphan to a daughter our identity changes when we receive Jesus into our lives. In Romans, it says that we have now become co we have become, now become as with Christ, co as with Christ. And so that changes our, our, our identity completely and it is all because of grace. It is all because of the grace of God that we can be called children of God. You see, and the thing about children is that they are natural imitators. Um, they, when as, as they grow up, you know, the studies say that as a children, uh, even though they can't, they can't uh, speak or they can't express themselves really well, what we don't know or what studies have shown is that they are actually observing their environment, observing their surroundings and they are just picking up whatever that they see and hear and they feel. And all of the, these experiences that they, that they experience around them forms their thinking forms their character forms their perception towards the world and so it is a good thing if we display a good example as parent good example around the house if you have a child but it's not a very good thing if we are not becoming we we don't have the best example to live by and so the role of a parent is so important in developing a child, especially at a young age, because they don't know what's good and what's not good for them, they can't. They don't have that maturity to think for themselves yet. Similarly, in this world, you and I, our moral compass has uh, has gotten a pretty pretty messy nowadays. Uh, what we think is right doesn't seem so right anymore. What we think is not right, or what we know that is not right. Now some now 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 seems right. You know? And and, and and we don't know what to do, we don't know where to go, we don't know what is happening around us. But you and I can be thankful. You and I can be thankful that we have a father in heaven who is good, who wants the best for us. Who takes care of who takes care of us, who, who who wants us to live victorious lives, who wants us to live blessed life, who wants us to live a life that is clear and purposeful. You and I have a good father in heaven who only wants good things for us. You know, and and and, and I just want to to, to 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 go on to say here that Paul says here that he just doesn't he doesn't just say be imitators of Christ as children. Paul says, as dear children. The word dear also means agape. It comes from the same root word as agape. That is agape love. That means it is not that you are, not only are you his child, but you are his beloved child. You are his love child. You are a child whom he loves unconditionally. And I've come here to encourage some of us, to remind some of us today that you are loved by God, no matter what you've done or did not do. You are loved by Him. It is because of His great love. In 1 John 3.1, it says, What great love that the Father has lavished on you, that the Father has given to you, that the Father has expressed on you, that you may be called children of God. You and I are so loved by God. We may not feel loved right now. Your surrounding or your environment or your experience may tell you otherwise. But I want to remind us today that based on the word of God, you are loved by him more than you can imagine. What great love is this? What great unconditional love is this? That he would come down, lay down his life for you. You know, he, and, 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 the, and the best thing about this love of God, this grace of God, he, he, is that he doesn't wait for us to, to, to get our, our, our life in order. He doesn't wait for us to, to, to make sure that we have our ducks in a row. Then only he, can, he, he will love us. But the Bible says in Romans, he says, But while we are still sinners, Romans 5, 8, Christ died for us. That means while you are still stuck, while you are still in, 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 in your mother's womb, while you are still living in darkness, not even knowing who God is, He has already died for you. He has already loved you. And so I, 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 I want us to, 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 to remember this. It doesn't matter what you feel, or how you feel today or what if you've gone, gone through, God loves you. Oh, certainly he hates your sin. He hates your sin, but he loves you. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus, down on to the earth to die for your sin. That's the punishment that you and I deserve initially. He died for your sin so that all the wrath of God would be satisfied through Jesus Christ. And as he is raised up to life, seated, On the right hand of the throne of God and therefore he extends this invitation, this grace, this eternal life, this free gift of God to you and I. And because and by receiving this free gift, receiving this grace, we can become children of God. Don't ever forget that, that you are son and daughter of the living God. That is such an honor and a privilege and I hope that we never take that for granted that we are children of God. And so today, will you embrace this grace? Will you embrace and receive this grace of God that doesn't keep, uh, uh, doesn't remember your, 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 your past, who doesn't uh, wait for us to get our lives in order before he comes and saves us? Will you embrace this grace? For we can only be saved by grace true faith putting our faith in Jesus Christ and so we can be genuine imitators of God when we come to that place to embrace the truth of who God is that He is a perfect God that he's a perfect father who never, who doesn't expect us to live perfect lives but instead extends extends and elevates us to the place where we can live from his perfection from his perfect work on the cross Would we embrace that truth and live in the grace that he has demonstrated for us on the cross? Finished work. Jesus does not need to go on the cross again. He does not need to die on the cross a second time. Once for all, it is finished. And therefore, that is why it is perfect. Moving on in in, in verse 2, it says here, Paul says, And walk in love. Right as Christ has also loved us and given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell, uh, smelling aroma. The, the third thing that we can do in order to, to be genuine imitators of God is that we need to express love. You know, in, in our church in FGA, we have this slogan that we said we, that we, we have been uh, uh, saying for for past year for the past years already, and it's called D W J T. That we do what Jesus did. That means everything that Jesus did while on earth, everything that we see and read in the Bible whatever that God has done, we are to do likewise. And He feed the poor. We go and do likewise. When we, He visits the sick, we go and do likewise. He gives not just in, not just necessary in, 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 in healing of food but as he gives of his time, gives of his presence to the people who needs it, of his healing, of prayer, of his, the, good, the good news and the gospel, we are to also do likewise. Because everything that Jesus did while he was on earth, everything that he did, it was a sweet and a perfect sacrifice unto the Father. Because Jesus only does what he sees his father do. And so, everything that he has done, it was a perfect sacrifice. It was an offering that was offered to the father. And you and I today, we have so many opportunities that we can express love, to, to, to express the love of God so that we can offer that, that offering, that sacrifice to him. You know, it's interesting that Paul says, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling, aroma.
1: You know if you
0: if you know pasta Anand uh, well enough um, you would know that um, scent or smell uh, is very very important to him. Uh, he doesn't like when things smell bad um, he doesn't like when 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 things just smells completely completely off and so and so he's able to to, to smell and to, to recognize what 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 smell is and what what is what whether or not it's good or, or it's bad. And if you ever also have the opportunity to visit him, uh, although he lives quite far, um, to to visit him in his home, you will also know that in his home, um, it is like a perfume shop. Um, there is different diffusers that is um, you know um, giving out different different type of smell. All at the same time, uh, another corner of his house, you will see different candles, candle scent, scented candles you know burn, burning as well. And so all these different uh, scent, different smell, um, it all mixes around and it just it just comes together in a in a in a form that it, it just produces a very unique smell that. Um, that DKNY cannot 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 come doesn't come close. Uh, Joe Malone doesn't come close. Chanel, you know all, all these different perfume, it doesn't come close to that uniqueness that of this smell that he has uh, replicated or that he has created. You know so much so that the smell is so strong that when you go and visit him in his house and you leave the place, the smell tends to 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 stay on you. It sticks on. It comes. It stays on your shirt, on your clothes. And I remember one time. Um, visiting him on, on, on a day and then um, my Jasmine wasn't there and I came back uh, and, I, and I came back to the, to the house to the home and immediately when I came back she was able to detect and she immediately asked were you at his house today? were you at Anna's house today? because that smell the scent was just so distinguished it was so just so unique that you know that this is, and I can't explain. You know, if you all you all have been to his house, you will know that this is that that smell that I'm talking about. Uh, it's not. A, I mean, I'm not saying that it's a bad smell, but it's just a, a very different smell that you've never smelled before. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, not if not if you have visited him uh, or smelled it before, but I wonder if people were to come around you today. If people were to come close to you today, if people were to be around you today, what would they smell? Would they smell Jesus in the way you live your life? What aroma are you releasing? Because here, Paul says that as we walk in love, as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. In other words, as we walk in love, as we walk in God, what happens is that we release the aroma, a sweet-smelling aroma of God. When we go and feed the poor, we release a sweet-smelling aroma of God. When we go and visit the sick, we release a sweet-smelling aroma of God. When we go and disciple our members, when we go and teach in, in, in class, when we go and do our best at work, be the best employee or the employer, when we go home to our family, you know, and we, when, we, when, we, when, we, when we teach our sibling during their, their online classes when they, are, when they need help, all of these actions causes us to release a sweet smelling aroma of God. And so we need to to realize that what we do, whether good or bad, it releases an aroma. And I hope that you and I releases a sweet smelling aroma so that why so that people will attract. And my desire for us is that we become disciples, that YM will become, that, that each and every one of us in YM will be a disciple of God. releases a sweet-smelling aroma in all that we do in everything that we do you know and and oftentimes we think that we can only release this sweet aroma when we do things for God in in dramatic ways in big ways you know when I have to lead in front of people worship lead you know see all the worship leaders leading or I have to preach in front of a a big stage or I have to do all these big dramatic things then only I can release a sacrifice a sweet-smelling aroma but I want to say today is not the case. It is really not the case. It begins with the things that when people don't see. It begins, it begins with the, in, the, in, the, in the small things that you do. Because God sees everything. And God knows everything. And so when you do things, when you help one another, when you love one another, when you disciple your members, when you go for CG, when you show up for service, when you show up for prayer, all of these actions releases a sweet smelling aroma to god for the people and i hope and i pray that each and every one of us will determine in our hearts to live according to the word of god to live and to do what jesus did so that we can release an aroma of god to the world you see it is not enough that for people to know that we are Christians by our Instagram or by our social media. It's not enough that people know that we are a Christian just by by the fact that we say we are a Christian. Because I believe that that for the most part, people are not turned off by God. They are not turned off by our faith. They are not turned off by the Bible, nor are they turned off by Christianity. But I think they are mainly turned off by the false representation of Christians, of believers who claim to follow God, who claim to believe in the Bible, who claim to go to church, but do not do according to what the Bible says. They are not turned off by who our God is. And I hope that you and I do not fall into that category, do not fall into the category of, of, of not uh, living the way that God intends by claiming that we follow Christ, by claiming that we follow God. But on the other hand, we don't do, we don't do, we do otherwise. I hope that we don't fall into that category because we want to be a people. We want to be a people that is genuine, that, who, is, who are genuine disciples of God. And as we come back to the heart of God, of being authentic and genuine, true disciples of God, then we will begin to see revival taking place. personal revival begins with authentic discipleship. Personal revival begins when you and I come to that place to be genuine before the Lord, to live according to His word, and to express and to do what He did, then we will see revival taking place. Revival that we want to see that is on, 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 you know, big revivals we want to, yes, we want to see that But before big revivals can happen, revival needs to start small in your heart. It needs to start with you. Personal revival will lead to corporate revival. And I hope that as we are in this season of realignment and coming back to the heart of God to be his disciple to be true disciple who is genuine who is who has eliminated our old self and we won't uh, allow the sin that so easily entangles us to stop us from pursuing him that we will choose to embrace this grace this new life this 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 new life that God wants to give us and as we go out to express his love to do what he did surely surely we will begin to experience a revival that we've never experienced before. Today, as I come to close, I just want to invite the team to, to, to lead us back into worship for a while. And as we sing this song uh, today, let us open up our hearts and let us engage in, in worship and let us allow the Lord to speak to us.
1: And I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all
0: God desires that each and every one of us come back to his heart, come back to authentic discipleship. And if that is you today, the, the Lord has been speaking to you throughout this word, throughout this message, and that and then God is convicting your heart that you need to get right with him again, that you need to come back to his heart again, that you need to stop uh, messing around or playing around or taking your relationship with him for granted. Can I invite you to just put your hands on your hearts wherever you are and just respond to the Lord in your... In your, in your in, 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 by by? just opening up your hearts and by just uh, repeating this prayer uh, with me. God, we, I thank you for what you have done for me on the cross. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you've come to die and to, 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 and, and rose again on the third day and it's only by grace through faith that I can become your child. Today we choose, I choose to embrace grace, and I choose to express love. I will stop, and I will want to stop uh, messing around and just playing church, but we want to take our relationship with you seriously from now on. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. And I hope that as we take our relationship with God uh, seriously from now on, we will begin to see revival taking place. It begins with us. It begins with us. We thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you are blessed. Take care and have a good week. See you all soon.